Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. Today we are joined by Terry Opalek and Michael Frontier. Terry and Michael founded Terry's Toffee in 2002 and eventually sold the business in 2015. Currently, they co-facilitate a variety of workshops using their many years of life and business experiences to help others connect with their place and purpose on this planet. Both Terry and Michael are also certified Reiki masters. Welcome, Terry and Michael. How are you both today? Hi, Laura. We are really, really well. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Well, as I told you before uh, we started recording, this is the first uh, show we've recorded in the new year. So thanks for being our first guest of 2019. Well, thank you for having us and letting us be the first ones. This is a big deal. Okay. Well, you both have such a rich history. Can you share with us your story? Um, How did you get to where you are today? Well, the journey has been pretty remarkable and certainly unplanned in in a lot of ways, I think. Um, We both took the class The Artist's Way in, I think it was 2002. And so we we took the class at Unity in Chicago, and it really changed our lives. And and, uh, one of the tools in The Artist's Way is a uh, process called the morning pages. And it's where you spend... First thing in the morning, maybe 15, 20 minutes doing three pages of stream of consciousness. Get up, grab your coffee, and you go to work and just journaling. And out of that process, many things began to grow for both of us. I left my job, um, and nine months later started Terry's Toffee, and Michael found his uh, evolution of his work, his art, which is an intuitive, doing readings, so he can share, you know your work out of that yeah when we took the artist way class i actually used my clairvoyance as my art so the facilitator didn't really know what to do with me but i knew what to do with me and i you know when i took it i um it was more of um like a calling answering a calling and the artist way really helped me to break down any fear, any barriers, any feelings of lack and limitation. And I was finally able to surrender to the gifts that I have and started using them with, of course, for myself, but then sharing them with other people. So for, the, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say um, the artist way was, was the class that you took was based on a book by Julia, Julia Cameron. Cameron. Correct? Okay. Right. Correct. And the, yeah. the backstory on that briefly is Julia Cameron lived in Chicago and she went to unity in Chicago. Uh, we not while we were there, but she, she was a member of that uh, community and was encouraged to write this book out of her own life journey. She was midlife and really feeling unsettled and unhappy and, uh, unsure of what was next for her. So this 12 week, it's a, it's 12 chapters. It's a 12 week, uh, workshop, which we now facilitate and have facilitated a number of times out of our home. But the, the trajectory of our lives changed from that. We both still do the morning pages every morning. It's, it's become now a really a dialogue between myself and my higher consciousness, if you will, or, um, spirit or or whatever people want to name it, it it's become a dialogue now and and helping me to continue to take steps forward in my life and trusting that inner voice which is your intuition and that led you that class led you to the opening of terry's toffee correct yes mm-hmm. that that uh, so i left my my career i was i ironically i was 
head of uh, working in membership development with the California State Chamber of Commerce at the time. Oh wow! Yeah, so I'd been I'd been in the Chamber of Commerce world, State Chamber of Commerce's for twenty years, doing membership development. And when I took that class, I resigned. I had no idea what I was going to do next, but I I knew I wanted to do more creative things in my life. I was forty five years old at the time, and I felt like probably like Julia Cameron did. Like, I'm not sure of what's next and I'm not really satisfied with what I'm doing. It doesn't feel fulfilling anymore and feeling restless. And I felt that divide between um, like doing what people think you should do or you're supposed to do and doing what I really want to be doing. And so nine months later, which is pretty significant, gave birth to Terry's Toffee. And that con- the morning pages continued to be a um, kind of like a blueprint, I guess you'd say, for my life and and still is. And many of the challenges and problems and things that came about with the journey of Terry's Toffee came out of the morning pages. And have you ever missed a day doing the morning pages? Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah. (laughs) And do you you feel sort of like, you know, how folks kind of rely on like a cup of coffee in the morning or something like that where you know if you've missed – that like how does that impact the rest of your day do you feel kind of like after effects of that it's like energy building up in your body um thoughts that are building up in your mind and uh when we had terry's toffee in particular fourth quarter was really hard for me to get downstairs into our basement to do my morning pages and i could tell i think i'm a very nice person but you know like a little crankier like a you know um it, I look at it as a way of kind of recentering myself. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. If I if I missed a few days or even a week, I would feel a little bit out of sorts. And getting yeah. back to it, it, it you know, you you spread enough manure and something begins to grow, and that's what it really is. It's like getting all the stuff out, like that inner dialogue, that spin cycle, I call it. Getting that stuff out on paper gets it out of your head, out of your system, and clears the way for the day. That's why they're called morning pages. You got to yeah. do them in the morning. I feel calmer. When I do them, you know, we all get stuck in that spin cycle, you know, even the most spiritual person is going to get stuck in overthinking and it's just a great way to put it down pen to paper. And actually when you reread what you've written, you realize how boring (laughs) those thoughts are um, and what a waste of energy that most of those thoughts really are. Yeah. You see, you see how repetitious your mind is. Oh man. Yeah. Do you both have similar then morning routines for yourself? Can you walk us through like what a typical morning looks like? Yeah, for me, mine, it's really simple. Um, I'm not a coffee drinker, so that eliminates about 15 minutes right there. Um, I, I just get up, I, um, I go downstairs and I pick up my journal and my pen and I write right away. Uh, three pages, automatic writing. Don't overthink it. It's not grammatically correct. Nobody's going to read it. Uh, other than me, and uh, and then from there, I you know it's my breakfast. I get to hit the gym, and then the rest of the day is mine. And for you, Terry? Yeah, you know, kind of similar. I mean, I love my coffee though, so <laughs> I've got to have my double shot cappuccino in the morning, and but then it's morning pages, you know, and take a little time to meditate, and then on with my day, and it and I feel centered and fresh, and and one of the things too that you know the workshops and the classes that we do today, um, and, and there's a variety of them. One of the things that has come up over the past couple of months in the work we're doing with people and within ourselves is 
about resetting my day. Sometimes I have to reset my day in the middle of the day. You know, something happens, it sets me off. You know, I did my morning pages, I started out my day, and some, you know, something small or something big can knock me off center. Mm -hmm. So I stop and make a conscious effort to pause in my day, take a couple of deep breaths, and connect with that energy that's always there that I've kind of disconnected with on a human level. And that resets my day and I get to go forward from there. Yeah. And you know what too is um, like when you're doing your morning pages, you know, it's a great place to vent, you know, and you get all this stuff out and it's just, just this nonsense in your mind. But once you get to a place where you feel like you're done venting, it's a great way to start your day with imagination. It's a great way to start uh, with intention where you, you know, the day is open. It's pretty much whatever way you decide it, you want it to go. And you can actually script out what you want your day to look like. Yeah. Your imagination is your really connection to your creativity. And a lot well, of us, creativity and intuition. Yeah. And intuition. You know, absolutely. And a lot those of us, thoughts that just come through where right. like out of the blue, you right. know, that would be clear cognizance. It's just a thought just pops into your head and you have no idea why you thought that that's yeah. that's your whatever your beliefs are but your your spirit guides your ascended self universe speaking to you and through you yeah i when we were students of the artist way uh i, I saw this billboard one day on my way to go to the class this was many years ago it was a big bright yellow billboard and in black lettering it said worry is the biggest waste of your imagination and that has stuck me with me since and so we try to help people cue into the idea of like if you're if you're spending your imagination worrying because you're just you're worrying about things in the future is that how you want to spend your day or your time and you think about the value of that so i'd much rather help people and encourage people to use their imagination to connect with their creativity and listen for their intuition and it's just it, it's much more uplifting and it helps to help give you direction and purpose in your life well, certainly, um, you know, that class and, and, and what kind of evolved from that class has worked really well for both of mm -hmm. you. And, and you had this beautiful kind of, kind of time with Terry's Toffee mm -hmm. um, and enjoyed many successes from that. I'm not sure how much you want to share about yeah. that part. But, um, but I guess kind of like what then, you know, led you to the decision to sell the business and um, kind of maybe tell us about what you're, you know, what you went on to next. Sure. Um, you know, for me, the reason I wanted to sell was I had 30 years in the food industry when we sold the company. 14 of them were with our own company, Terry's Toffee. And I never wanted to hate the, the business. And I felt like I had done everything I could possibly do creatively, spiritually, uh, pick a word. I just felt like we had done it all. We created, not only did we have the toffee, we had 18 flavors of toffee, but we had three other product lines going all at the same time. And each one could stand on its own if if the people who bought it want to do it that way. But I also wanted to leave on top. I never wanted to be asked to leave the party. And, you know, I'm I've had jobs where I think I've overstayed my welcome. Um, I just outgrew it, but you know, whether you're making great money or it's convenient 
And I did not want to do that with our company. And we never, Terry and I both never wanted to impede the growth of the business. And the business was growing and in a very lovely pace. And, you know, we knew it was, it was going to be taking up more time. And for me, that was one of my reasons of, I, I, and also my, the energy work that my reading work, um, I really felt this strong connection to getting back into my reading work, my clairvoyant work full-time, the energy work, um, the, the Reiki, the reflexology, the teaching. It was like, I felt like I finally had enough life experience to share it with other people. And a lot of my work is helping people remember their purpose, remember their passion, um, to live with intention, to live on purpose. Um, and one more thing for me was I've often asked myself, like, what is my definition of success? And my definition of success and my prayer request for my definition of success was I wanted to live like I was on vacation. My, my success of course has to serve the greater good. So that's always, that's just a given with everything that I do. And on a more personal level, I wanted to live like I was on vacation. And to me, vacation isn't that I go out and party every night. Vacation to me is that I wake up in the morning and the day is mine to do that which I want to do. And the people that I spend time with um, in this moment, I don't want to be anywhere else in the world right now, but with the, the three other people in this room. So I, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm living my success. And uh, so that was prior for me, my intention of selling the company for me well i mean for you it's it's, it's different it's different right and yeah. also like the the recipe was based on your grandmother's recipe right. and it had familial ties and and yeah what was that like yeah. that loss for you yeah you know i the, the even though it's called terry's toffee you know when people would come into the store i'd be at my desk and i w would hear many times a day a, a conversation between a customer and my staff up front and there were three two two to three questions that were always asked one of them was how did you get in the academy awards another one was are you terry because you know it could be a woman or it could be a man and yeah i it was now it was never my identity and that was important for me even though it was my grandmother's recipe that the company um was founded on you know we we uh it was never my identity. So when it, when we sold the company, and it was always the intention, really from the beginning. I always knew in the back of my mind someday that this would would sell, and it it I didn't know when or how. And that story itself is remarkable. I'm working on a book that has many of the stories about, you know, trusting my intuition and saying um, no to things that the whole world said I should say yes to, but it did not feel right to me. And so I would, I said no. Um, so selling was, um, again, it's, it'll be in my book and it was a remarkable story, but that I, when we walked out the door uh, on December 30th or 31st or whatever it was of 2015, I, again, I'm still doing the morning pages and the next day doing my morning pages what came out of my morning pages was that it's time to take as good a care of myself as I did my business. And that's 
not that I wasn't taking good care of myself, but I wanted to take even better care of myself because that business, we really owned it on, on every level. We showed up, we were there, we put the time, the work, the energy, the love, the passion all came through in everything we did. I always said we're, we were alchemists. We took yeah. butter, sugar, it's chocolate, true. nuts, flavors, and we, we blended them all together with our energy and that, to me, is what made our company so successful, mm -hmm. that we were alchemists. And so today, um, well, it's funny because I've had, if we had time, we, I'd share some of this with you, but I've had some really hilarious dreams about uh, Terry's Toffee over the years since I've walked away. And, um, and, and that always you know, either gives me a good laugh or, or scares me a little bit, some of them, because they're, they're wild. But... Um, it's part of my life. So that's how I look at it today, that it's part of my life story. It isn't who I am today. It wasn't who I was then, but it's part of my life journey. That's funny that you said that. I was going to say two things that uh, when we sold it, people couldn't believe that we sold it. They thought that that's who we were. And the reason I could walk away with from the company, not we could sell the company, was because it's what I did, but it wasn't who I am. Right. You know, there was a a separation. I, I think a lot of people identify with the work that they do as part of their, who they are. Uh, it defines them, but the work never defined me. It's just something that I did. And, and it brought you joy. It brought us much joy. Right. And you know, what, you know what I do miss about the company is the people. The, we got to meet so many cool people and I still meet cool people today, just not in the masses. And uh, I do miss that part of it. Yeah, because we, you know, we did demos all over the all over the well, not only all over the city. We did demos around the country, yeah. and you know, we met people in New York and L.A. and actors it, and business people and just you know all kinds of great people. And I, I, some of them we're still in touch with, but I do miss that. Yeah, the doors that opened for us through that company. Like I've got this amazing imagination. I could never have imagined the doors that would have opened for us through that company. And then I got to meet many of them one-on-one -on -one for readings with me. So with that was pretty cool. The other thing that I wanted to say, though, was uh, after we sold the company, a girlfriend of ours said, we were, we were just talking about the evolution of the company, and she said, oh, you know, when you started, you probably didn't even know if you were going to be successful. And Terry and I looked at each other, and we stopped her, and we said, you know what? We always knew we were going to be successful. We never knew what the success was going to look like. And for any young entrepreneur out there, when you've got that feeling, that's the universe saying, yeah, go for it. You're yeah, I think it would be so hard to kind of go through all of the work and effort to start your own business with mm -hmm. the intention that this isn't going to do well no. or like the, the, you know, negative, you know, self-talk, like I'm not going to make it or like well, any fear, of the fear, yeah, the fear. and that you can would talk yourself out of it and it would hold you back. And so like kind of not having that and just having all of these kind of positive expectations for yourself and your business. Yeah. I'm Absolutely. sure that's kind of what helped propel it to what it became. Well, in the, you know, the Andersville Chamber, you reach out to business people and most of them, I would imagine, are entrepreneurs, small business. And a, as a small business owner myself, you know, I, I think one of the important things was paying attention to your intuition and what feels right and not worrying so much about matter of fact remember the word worry i referred to earlier is a waste of your imagination but getting caught up in the how like the, 
that's a big block for people. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And they look so far down the road that it can be paralyzing. Sometimes the how, really, most often the how just shows up incrementally as you start taking one step at a time forward. And what has been like the biggest shift in your kind of self-care routine since selling the business to now? So, you know, when you're working and you, you, you wonder about that day, that day when I sell the company or when I'm no longer have this job. And for both of us, it was just getting in better shape. So the gift that we gave to ourselves was we each hired our, a personal trainer and, uh, um, it's at Bez Training. Uh, we've worked with um, George, the owner, and now we're working with uh, John Meglianis. And uh, that's been like the one major, like, affordable luxury that I've gifted myself of just being in shape. But me working out is more mental health than it is physical body. It's just a great way to... Yeah, it's part of, the, part of our self-care that mm-hmm. for me it's... Um, I plan on being in this body for a long time. So as I age, I, when I turned 40, I, I said to myself, I want to redefine what it means to age. And at 60, a couple of years ago, I realized I'm, I'm doing pretty good with this taking care of my body. And I want to continue in that direction, taking care of my body because I'm in this body. I want to be in this body. I want to be flexible, mobile, uh, strong. um, And I want to have fun while I'm here. So physical health is really important to me today because it also connects to my mental well-being, my spiritual well-being. All of those things are interconnected, I believe. So taking care of myself on every level of my being is really important to me. And that's part of it. Can you tell us a little bit um, more about your business now and all the great work you're doing, your workshops? Yeah, we're doing a variety of workshops and they, they different ones, you know, we're still, we're walking that path that we did kind of with Terry's Toffee and, and you know, trust and intuition and what feels right and, and uh, where we go. So some of the workshops and classes uh, come and go, like it's not something we offer like every quarter. We're still, you know, working that out, but we offer a variety of them. Of course, we offer the artist way, but we call it the artist way and beyond because we bring in a lot of our own, you know, stories and tools and techniques and things that we've developed that add to the artist's way. And we have another class on, um, uh, on developing a, a, a healthy and, and wealthy life and, the etymology of the word wealth is not about money. The etymology of the word wealth is about well-being. So that's a really great class that we love to teach. And then uh, Michael can tell you about our uh, the, the workshops he does. Yeah, so I do my um, clairvoyant readings with people, which I, I love doing that. I will never not do that. It, it's really helping people remember their purpose, their passion. I think I said that earlier. Um but I also teach uh, an intuition class, developing your own intuition. And the big secret with developing your intuition is learning how to trust yourself. Uh, 
going against conventional wisdom when you know what to be true for yourself goes against what everyone else is thinking or saying. Um, so I teach that. I do intuitive life coaching, which I'm having tremendous results with that. Um, and again, it, it like I said, I do my reading work, and, and that's me talking the whole hour, hour and a half, uh, giving people information. The coaching is really helping people. It's much more interactive with me, but again, helping people trust their instincts. That uh, And I can give you a really silly example. When we had the company, people would often offer us advice very kindly about, you know, maybe you want to start baking or you want to do this or that and Change as soon as like yeah or something but there was yeah. oh, you you can make cookies or something and i would smile and you know because it was offered in in a very kind way but the gut my gut would like turn and i was just like oh i don't want to be a baker i mean i know how to bake but i to do it professionally is markedly different than making a cake in your house yeah. it's just something i didn't want to take on and i knew for myself that was my truth and um you know, a funny, it's not funny, but a story Terry's told me is that when we had the company, oftentimes young entrepreneurs would come in and they'd be working on their business plan. And over the course of a, a year or two, we'd watch these people talk themselves out of opening a business based on them working on their business plan because they were just so much in their head and not getting into the feeling of it. It's, of course, you've got to think things through, but sometimes you can overanalyze something where you can talk yourself out of a great idea. What stops and, people from taking the yeah. action? So I had mentioned like Bez Training. That was one of my first clients, and um, I helped George um, Bezerra. He was a trainer at uh, Cheetah Gym here in Andersonville, and uh, he had always dreamed of opening up his own gym, and we started working together, I believe it was in June of 20... This is nineteen eighty. I think June of 2016 and uh, June of 2017, he opened up his own gym. And today he now has um, four or five trainers working with him with plans of expansion. And, um, but I'm, I get to help people. I get to walk with them and assist them. And, uh, you know, another way I explain it is, you know, like maybe when you were 18 or 19 and you're going to college and your parents told you that, you know, you're going to go to school and become an accountant. You're going to go to school and be a doctor whatever. And now the person's 40, and but their dream had always been to go dance or to go paint. And what Terry and I are teaching is it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to quit being a CPA or the CPA can be your art. You know, your life is your art, but it's giving people permission to pursue their passions. But, you know, perhaps you still have a day job, but you, there's a way to find balance in, the, in both of those. So that's a lot of what my work is, and I, it's finding balance. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, career and job and and all of that and what that means today and, and how we frame that mm -hmm. as opposed to like how it used to be. And mm -hmm. it used to be where you kind of had a job and yeah. it was, you know, I'm going to my job today and this yeah. is what I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And it just isn't the case anymore. And, and you know, I mean, I was born in the 70s and even then, you know, and, and my parents hadn't gone to college and I was the oldest and had gone to college, but I didn't, I didn't know that you didn't have to like pick something. You know, I was like, I don't really want to be anything. And I was a philosophy major and I was like, this is what I like to do. But I, you know, but I didn't know there was these other options for me. Right. And I think that now, you know, you know, young people growing up, they they see that there's more opportunities. There's, there's, there's ways that they can, um, 
you know, they don't have to stick to one thing. Correct. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. think that applies to, you know, not just young people, but people in midlife or later in life that we kind of, we look at ourselves and think we have, we're so, what, this is what, we're, what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be, have achieved this by 40 or 45 and I should be retired by a certain age. And then I, you know, go buy my second home in Florida or whatever. And, you know, which there's nothing wrong with Pick any up of shuffleboard that. shuffleboard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But I know that from the classes and workshops, I also do intuitive coaching with people uh, that we, we've, we've heard time and time again from every participant of the workshops and classes, intuitive coaching, even my Reiki clients that, because that we, we talk about things similar to this in, in our sessions that, um, we're, we, we get to redefine ourselves every opportunity we have. We, we don't have to spend our time and our energy in a place, a relationship, a job that isn't feeling fulfilling. So through our classes, workshops, intuitive coaching, what we hope to do is take people and just have them shift their perspective just a little bit and the trajectory of their life changes exponentially. Mm -hmm. When it's helping people tap into that niche market, you know, the economy's changing the way we shop, um, you know, brick and mortar seems, you know, thank God we are in a thriving community here in Andersonville. Um, but a lot of small businesses are hurting. And so it's even teaching young entrepreneurs how to think outside the box Absolutely. where you can still have a brick and mortar. It's just, you got to be a little more creative in how you're reaching your clientele. That was one of the things that I've found so much fun with Terry's Toffee was, was being creative with the marketing. When I f would feel like things were stale or repetitious or when business was quiet, when people weren't coming in the store, you know, there were, we had lulls. So I wasn't fearful of that. I actually looked at that like, wow, okay, this is a great opportunity. It was a great challenge. For me to like get into my creative zone and the ideas would just start coming about how to market the business, how to, who to connect with. Like some of the stuff was outrageous. And I thought, well, how in the world? And I'd stop the how and step forward into the action, not worry about the how. And every, and things would unfold miraculously. And it was, that was really So fun. like the Nike slogan is just do just it. Do yeah. it. Just do it. Yes. It's yeah. Right. You got to take the action. Yeah. Right. You know, you can't just sit back and say, okay, universe, bring me, you know, prosperity and abundance and customers and blah, 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 blah. You have to take the action. Well, yeah. And, and the you actions know, are creativity. You you pray, you meditate, and then you go do the legwork. You know, you want a new job and you pray on it. That's fantastic. But then when you're done praying, update your resume and then you send it yeah. out. And you have to, to mail it out, right? Like, yeah. Or email know, it out. Or, go out there and catch just, the bus. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to move a little bit, <laughs> you know? I had, a, I had a person come for an interview during our busy season at Terry's Toffee, and he was, I think, 45 minutes or an hour late. With, with no phone call or anything. And I, and I was too busy. I couldn't see him at that point. He had a, an appointment at a certain time. And I said he could reschedule. I couldn't, I couldn't see him. And he called me later and he said he, um, something about he was just like, didn't, didn't, didn't know where we were. And uh, I said, you know, listen, I wouldn't normally go out and tell somebody this, but I'm going to give you a little piece of advice. Next time you have an interview with somebody, Figure out exactly where they are, how long it's going to take you to get there. And if you need to do a trial run, do a trial run. Because showing up on time is really important. 
that says a lot. It sets the whole tone. Like, <laughs> right? Like if if you're gonna show up late, like yeah, 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 yeah. and not even a phone call. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, you you've been on the train. And, and you every see kid today has a cell phone. Down. Come on, right. It's, right? There's there's like no excuse anymore. There's if you're no, gonna be late, like not to send a quick text message, like right? yeah. Yeah. Well, um, doing podcasts is yes. something that is not unfamiliar to you both. No. Um, can you talk a bit more about your podcast, Jumping the Fence? Yeah, we do it with um, it, this. The story is is uh, really kind of cool. That we do it with uh, a girlfriend of ours named Mary Pat Bowen and another. And she's super funny. Is she the? Yes. She's yes. a really really funny yes. one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She's kind of our moderator. And sure. She keeps yeah, things she moving. She's our, lo- she's our whoopee. I yeah. love her voice. Yes, yeah, she's yeah. got a oh, great good. voice, doesn't yeah. she? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mary Pat's a blast. So uh, and then Jen, Dr. Jen Stanley, who's a doctor of naturopathy. So we've known these girls for quite a while, and um, and jumping the fence was really given to Mary Pat in a in a reading by Michael that and she she had her own podcast for a while called Jumping the Fence and uh, then it became a podcast with Jen and it was about health because Jen's incredibly knowledgeable as a naturopath about natural healing and we were talking about uh, doing a podcast and Michael and I and so we invited ourselves to come and observe a recording so they did two recordings, and by the beginning of the second recording, we were like on the edge of our seats, like, we want in, we want in. So they invited us to be part of that one particular episode. And then uh, a few months later, we uh, uh, Mary Pat decided she was not going to be continuing her podcast. And so we had a conversation with them and said, what would you think about resurrecting that podcast and the four of us doing it together? And they were all over it. And we were too. So in December of uh, last year, uh, I'm sorry, of 2017, we um, started meeting about once a month at our house. And we the conversations would go for hours about the podcast and topics and all this stuff. So we were getting ready to go look at equipment uh, to purchase and do it out of our home. And that week, a client of Michael's um, said, you know, we've got a podcast studio where I work. If you guys would like to come take a tour and see what it looks like. So we went and it was at the, um, offices and podcast studio of cards against humanity. We were blown away. I mean, this podcast studio is remarkable, like super high professional and we our eyes were popping out of our heads. So we had the tour and fill me in if I'm incorrect on anything, Michael, but that uh, the engineer was there and she said to us, um, I, I understand you guys are going to be doing your podcast here. And we were thinking like, gosh, you know, this is going to be like really expensive and whatever. So anyway, they offered to us to record there because of Michael's client um, and, and not charge us. And, but the important part of this story is we were just getting ready to go look at equipment that week to buy. And then what presented itself was yeah, the synchronicity of, Oh my gosh, being presented with the studio and that we were, we were, I, our eyes and ears were open to the, we were receptive to receiving 
this gift of this studio where we get to record. And it's where we've been for the past year. Yeah, it's much like um, how kind of like the chamber walked into this podcast as we, you know, all collectively wanted to do this project and like had bought, you know, a Yeti and we're, we're thinking about doing it ourselves and we didn't right. know how. And then yeah. that's what we were thinking. Yes, and exactly. Then, and then Andy uh, here at Transistor would, posted a sign in the window yeah. and we walked by and, and we were <laughs> like, it. and it's it just works. very serendipitous. Right. And you walk yes, in and right. then and then it's like, and then all of a sudden you're doing it. Yes. And um, and yeah, it's just like a wonderful experience. And Lori and said that perfectly because it doesn't have to be difficult. And when you start setting your intention and you start putting it out uh, to the universe, if you don't want to share it with a person and you just start putting it out to the universe, the universe responds so fast that you just have to be re- open and, and ready yeah, for open. it. You know? It's that synchronicity. It's open. Yeah. 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 I had some crazy synchronicity happen the other day. I was at Metropolis Coffee uh, to meet a girl a girlfriend slash client. And I ordered my coffee and then did a quick loop through the place to see if she was there. Went back to the barista to get my coffee. And she looked up at me and she said, Hi, how's your day going? Very sweet, special woman. And I said, It's going good. Thanks. And we ended up talking and, and I told her I knew Tony, the owner, and we started our businesses, Terry's Toffee, around the same time he started up his coffee business. And um, and I said, we sold it and gave her the quick little story. And she said, well, what are you doing now? And I said, well, we're doing these classes and workshops on spiritual development. Dead stop in her task. And she looked at me, she said, that's what my 2019 is all about. Give me your information. And heard from her yesterday with an email wanting to know about our classes and workshops. You know, so when these things show up, I mean, that's the kind of, that's, we love that. Right. And, and, and it's so often like when you kind of, I think that stuff happens when you're maybe feeling yourself being a little bit reserved, but then if you go like the extra, like, hello, how are you? Or, and yes, and, and then, all of a sudden, like all of this good stuff starts happening and this good, you know, like maybe I didn't want to talk to someone today, but I did. And look what happened because of that. Mm -hmm. And it's uplifting Mm -hmm. and connecting. And, you know, that's what we all really desire, I think, is to be connected and feeling good. Really. I mean, that's that, that simple. We want we want to feel good. Well, I could talk to you both for a lot longer, but um, we're, we've reached the point of our podcast where we ask our guests which Andersonville business they would like to change places with for a day. Hmm. Cowboys and astronauts. Okay, that was very quick. That yeah. was good. That yeah. was good. Yeah. Love their energy. Love love those those guys. Love their store, their merchandise. I think they're that's, to me, like a great example of two guys connected to their higher consciousness and creativity and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, since he took that one, uh, I'd go with Rez's. Okay. Yeah. Because I've got my food background and my yeah. restaurant What background. would you do for so, Rez's? Oh, man. I don't know. I'd just like to walk around and talk to the customers. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy everybody is that drink. is that a paid position? <laughs> it, could, it should be. It should be. <laughs> a greeter. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Terry and Michael, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Terry and Michael and their upcoming workshops, please visit their respective websites at terryopalik.com and michaelfrontier.com. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. 
Always Andersonville, the podcast, is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor, a gallery, shop, performance, recording, and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent. Please call 872-208-5877 or stop by the store for details.